Well, good morning. Welcome to the first day of 2023. I'm so glad that you are all here today. There are many places that you could have been here this morning, this New Year's Day, especially depending upon your New Year's Eve celebrations. I know that we watched both football games until the very end. I also know that there is a certain Gulf Atlantic bishop who was very, very happy this morning. (laughs) But you chose this morning to be in the Father's house. So it's good to have you here. Now, on the first day of this new year, we are blessed in the Anglican Church to have three options of readings. Our first option could be that today is the first Sunday of Christmas because Christmas was on a Sunday last Sunday, so this would then be the first Sunday of Christmas. Or it could be the second Sunday of Christmas because Christmas was the first Sunday and this is the second Sunday. Or as Father James said, This could be the Sunday of the circumcision and the holy name of Jesus. Well, this morning, I chose to speak upon the readings from the second Sunday of Christmas. The reason I did was the the gospel reading especially gives us a very rare glimpse into Jesus as a boy because scriptures say next to nothing between the time he is presented in the temple and the time he begins his public ministry. So I just thought, let's take a look at this gospel story and take a sort of a peek into the family life of of Jesus. So our gospel reading finds Jesus and his family and probably a whole lot more of relatives and friends traveling from Nazareth to Jerusalem for the Feast of the Passover. And I checked it out, and that's about 64 miles. At least that's what Google says. So, now we know that the family traveled with others because verse 44 tells us that on the way home, Mary and Joseph supposed Jesus to be with the group but when they searched for him, they searched for him among their acquaintances and their relatives and couldn't find him. Now this was a particularly important trip to Jerusalem for Jesus because the gospel tells us he was 12 years old. And in the 12th year for a Jewish boy, it was the final year of preparation before he entered into full participation into the life of his local synagogue. Now up until that time, he had been learning mostly from his father about the laws of the Jewish faith. But then at the end of his 12th year, the child would formally take on the yoke of the law and become a son of the commandment. And we know that today as a bar mitzvah. Right? We're familiar with that. The young candidate learns about the fundamentals of his faith. He asks any questions that he may have of his teacher. His teacher asks questions of him. 
and ascertains whether or not he truly understands and believes. We can kind of uh, understand that in our tradition as confirmation. It's kind of a, a parallel there. So when cast in this light that Jesus is his 12th year, he's becoming a part of his synagogue, you can understand why he decided to stay behind. Because he's in the midst of talking with the greatest Jewish scholars at, at the time. And I don't know about you, but when I'm in the midst of a good conversation, whatever it may be about, you lose track of time. You just truly do. And the first question leads to the next question and leads to the next question. And we can imagine Jesus, 12 years old, strong, you know, from helping Joseph being a carpenter, mentally alert and full of grace. He's moving into a new and larger experience of the faith. And so there he is with the leaders, just going at it, just talking with them, asking them questions, asking them really, really good questions. And they're amazed at the depth of spiritual knowledge that Jesus has. What an opportunity this was for him. But as is so often with parents and children, Mary and Joseph weren't in on this plan. You know how that communication can sometimes not be <laughs> between parents and children. And so they, they traveled for a whole day without realizing that Jesus wasn't with them. Well, we have to remember there were relatives and friends there. Jesus, they figured Jesus was probably with the relatives, he was with the friends, and they would see him at dinner time. Well, they didn't. So what they ended up doing is returning back to Jerusalem and looking for him. For three days, they looked for him. Has anybody ever lost track of your child for like five minutes? Okay, the panic that you feel, uh, it's, so imagine three days, right? But this is always the question I've had about this reading. I know my son. And if I couldn't find him when he was 12 years old, I'd probably have a fairly good idea of where he would be. I knew his friends. I knew he liked to do this or do that. So I always wondered why it took Mary and Joseph three days to figure out that Jesus would be in the temple, or as he said, in his father's house, or as I prefer the King James Version, about his father's business. And I wonder, had things over those 12 years become ordinary, so that Mary and Joseph kind of had that information that they saw at the beginning, those angel, that angel announcing that Mary would give birth even though she was a virgin, or angels announcing peace on earth, or shepherds coming, or, or magi coming and, and, and giving expensive gifts and declaring that this was, this was the salvation. Hmm. 
And in the, in the previous verse, right before the verses, as Father James alluded to, Jesus is presented in the temple and Simeon says these words over him. Lord, now you, and you'll recognize these, those of you who love Compline. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. He's holding the baby Jesus that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. These are the words spoken over Mary and Joseph's son. But had these words and other mysteries surrounding their son's birth begun to fade for Mary and Joseph in the ordinariness, if that's a word, of life. And how about us? How about us? We had a wonderful Christmas and we're continuing to enjoy it. But does the joy and the mystery of the fact that our God came to earth in the package of a little baby begin to fade as we face the ordinariness of life? How are we able to continue to recognize the divine in our ordinary lives? So I don't hold a grudge against Mary or Joseph. Of course, I would never do that. But I begin to understand that even though throughout our lives we encounter the divine, sometimes it begins to fade as we have to get up every morning and make breakfast. If we have to deal with school, we have to deal with work, and we have to deal sometimes with things that are very hard. Well, regardless of how long it took, three days, whatever it was, Mary and Joseph find their son. And I honestly, all right, again, if your son was missing for three days, would you have the presence of mind to say something as gentle as this? Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. No. I would have said, son, I'm going to hit you over the head with a two-by-four to get your attention. How dare you do this? Right? So maybe Mary who had pondered all of these events in her heart, kind of understood why Jesus was there in the temple. And then Jesus' answer. And and as I was reading for this, there there are some sources that, that say that Jesus rebuked his parents. I've got to say I don't see that. I don't see him rebuking that. I I think he's just saying to them, why are you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Or again, as I prefer from King James, about my father's business. 
To him, it's just apparent. I'm 12 years old. It's now my becoming my responsibility to know the law. This is where I should be. So. But I love the family dynamic. And I think to a certain extent it's an example for us so that we don't hit our children over the head with a two by four when they do something that we don't like. We can calmly, or at least somewhat calmly, talk with them, ask them, why did you do this? And then our reading ends with a cryptic verse, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And then that's it. That's all we hear about Jesus until his public ministry. Now, this is New Year's Day. And on New Year's Day, and the, the week leading up to New Year's Day, what do we hear about the most? At least what I have found. There are two things we read and see the most. One is insert the number, top things from the previous year. 10 best movies of 2022, five best songs of 2022, all of that. And resolutions. You knew I was gonna say it. You knew I did, right? You knew I was gonna say resolutions. But I'm not gonna look in the past. I'm gonna look to the future. And I'm going to hope and pray for all of us that in the new year, we, like Jesus, can increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And that we, in the new year, will take this resolution to heart. And that is, for 2023, let us be about our Father's business. Let us be about our Father's business. But of course, I can't let you go without helping you know what the Father's business is. So these are the top five things of how to be about your Father's business. It's in no particular order. One is not more important than the other. You may recognize these. The first way to be about our Father's business is prayer and worship. You are here today. You are worshiping. You are praying. There are so many ways to serve on Sunday. Acolytes, chalice bearers, worship team, ushers, prayer team. I made a whole long list, but then my sermon would be way too long. But there are just are <clears throat> so many ways on Sunday morning that you can serve. The second way that we can be about our Father's business, connecting, hospitality, reaching out. We have a hospitality team. We have a transportation team. We have a compassion team. We have community groups that you can be a part of. The third way that we can be about our Father's business is formation. We've begun a new mentoring program for the youth, for both young, young girls and young boys. We have adult discipleship, Bible studies, 
Again, I could go on. The fourth way that we can be about our Father's business here at Servants of Christ is equipping, is equipping. We can equip each other by sharing in Bible studies, by looking around and seeing, wow, this person, hmm, they really are good at this. Or this person is really good at this. Maybe I should chat with them and see if this is something that they would like to do. One, two, three, four. That was four. This is five. To be about our Father's business, we must be about mission. It's wonderful what we have here at Servants of Christ. And I have to tell you, we've been here for about a year and a half and we are thrilled to death to be here, my husband and I. But we have to take this and we have to go out those doors and we have to show people this is what the Father's business is about. So we have to be on mission. So those are the five ways, the top five ways that we here at Servants of Christ can be about our Father's business. Prayer and worship, connecting, formation, equipping, and mission. And you might all recognize this. I know Father Bob does. That is, that is our, our foundation, if you will. So, in conclusion, having said all that, that's a lot. So you may ask me, Mother Susan, that's a lot. How do I know what aspect of the Father's business I should be about? How do I know? There are so many things to do. How do I know what I'm good at? How do I know what I should be doing? Well, I will tell you this. God has given each of us at least one gift. And so, to answer that, in closing, I'm going to put in a plug for the spiritual gifts retreat that we are having at the end of January. It will be held here, and in this two-part retreat, we will learn about the giftings of the Holy Spirit. We will look at scripture and see what scripture tells us about the gifts that God has given us, and we will learn how we can use them to benefit both ourselves and the church. And so that we, like Jesus, can increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Amen. So, if you'll pray with me. Good and gracious Lord, we are so grateful for another year. We are so grateful to be in your house. We ask, Heavenly Father, that like your son Jesus, we would be about your business this year, doing those things that Jesus did, reaching those people, Lord, who need to be reached for you, and doing all of this to the glory of your name. We pray. Amen.